Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, October 2nd, 2013, and today we're reading from the big book. You're going to find us in Chapter 7, entitled Working with Others. We're on page 89, beginning with the second paragraph, Life Will Take On New Meaning. And today's readers are Sharon, Sally, Michelle, and Fran. The share ID number for yesterday's meeting, that's Tuesday, October 1st, 2, excuse me, 5235. That's 5235. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Marita to read the 12 steps, please. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Marita. I'm a compulsive overeater in Virginia. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to to overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Marita. I will now call on Philomena to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. Uh, My name is Philomena, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, 
for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Philomena. How our meeting works, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 89, the second paragraph, beginning with life will take on new meaning. And I will ask Sharon to begin reading, please. Good morning, Leah. Thank you. Good morning to all of you on the line. I'm very grateful to be with you. This is Sharon. I'm an out-of-options or... Uh, and recovered compulsive overeater. Life will take on new meaning to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will want not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. This is just a, I tell you, this is, this is when it gets, this is when it gets good. Um, the, but I want to just step back a moment 
and look at where we're coming from. I, I, um, looking back at Bill's story, that's where we came from. No words can tell of the loneliness and despair I found in that bitter morass of self-pity. Quicksand stretched around me in all directions. I had met my match. I had been overwhelmed. Alcohol was my master. All of us who are on this line and, and recognize ourselves as compulsive overeaters have come from that place. And then we have the opportunity to get to this place, this exciting place where our life has new meaning. And, and uh, not only are we being helped, we, we uh, get out of our loneliness and, and we have the opportunity to watch other people, to help other people, and then see them help other people. That's the exciting part. But before that, we come from this place where we recognize that we have a body that is broken. Our body has an allergy. Our mind is broken. Our mind has, is full of obsession. We obsess about our food. We have a will that is broken. And it, as a result of that, our life is unmanageable. So we have this brokenness. We are broken. And I look at it, I think of the picture that I get when I recognize the brokenness of my body, mind, and will. I recognize, I see myself as like, the, I see, this is the Humpty Dumpty, you know, I fell off the wall. And here I am broken and all the king's horses and all the king's men cannot put me together again. I just can't. I'm unfixable by human aid. No human. I can't do it myself. And no human can do it for me. It is, but yet here I stand as um, a life that's manageable. Not only manageable, but it has meaning. And I'm useful and helpful. Not only was I put back together again, now I'm able to go and help other people. And this is the great, this is just amazing to me that I find a solution by admitting powerlessness, by working the steps, and then by working with others. And by this, it sounds so simple. And really, it is, it's, it's not complicated. It's just a matter of admitting, accepting, and then doing a few simple things every day. But it starts with that admission of powerlessness and then accepting the solution that's handed to us. And then this is the great, great opportunity that I get, that I get recovery and recovery isn't just about having the pieces put back together. It's about having then a life full of meaning, of purpose, and the just being of help, being able to feel good about myself from that place, that morass of, of just going down and being useless, having friends, having people that are part of my life and then being able to be of love and service. Surely, surely, 
this is this is a joyful place to get to from that pit of hell. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone else like to comment on the paragraph? Chaya? Okay, go ahead. Hi, thank you, Leah. Good morning, everybody. This is Chaya Recovered, very grateful, recovered, compulsive eater and bulimic in Dallas, Texas. I want to welcome anyone who's new. Um, you know, this reading is extremely powerful, first of all, for it's it's saying you not you don't want to miss this. So you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to be standing in this place until you're standing in this place of working with others. And so they're saying, you're not going to want to miss this. Do, do the work because you're not going to want to miss this. Um, this, is, this paragraph also tells me that this is the work, that this is the objective. You know, the 12th step says, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we carry the message to others and practice the principles in all our affairs. That's the objective. That's the point here is to be at a place where I'm recovered so that I can, you know, pay it forward and give back. And the other thing that um, it jumped out at me today in, in reading this is frequent contact with newcomers. Um, you know, for a long time in, in OA, I was under the impression that, you know, your sponsor, you know, the, you could be sponsoring somebody for years and that would take up a spot. Um, you know, new people would call and I'd say, well, I'm not available because I've been sponsoring these people for years. And what I have learned over this past year going through the steps, uh, going through the big book, um, thank you to this meeting, uh, which brought me back to it, um, that the point here is to have frequent contact with newcomers, that now my the way I um, see it is, you know, my, my job here is to um, be a pointer, a lighthouse, a tour guide to a newcomer, uh, assist them on their kind of drive side by side. I can't drive the car for them, but I can drive my car next to them and, and take them through the process in the book so they can have spiritual awakening as a result, the result of the steps. And then they can take other people through. And so then they're, they're now taking others. And now my, that space that they were with me can now be filled with a, with a newcomer. Um, to go through the process, and they can take a newcomer to go through the process so that we're constantly helping new people get recovered. That's our objective here. So I learned a lot, you know, just um, I always learn a lot. I learn, 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 you know, as I share with others, as I do the work of going, of taking other people through the steps, I continually learn, and I am so grateful that I understand um, our objective, and I, with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? Hi, Melanie. Melanie, go ahead. Hi, everyone. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I just wanted to add to what other people are saying, maybe with a little different slant on my understanding of it. Life will take on new meaning, and I wanted to talk about what it was like just before this kind of idea come on. The meaning of my life before was me, me, my, my, I, I. I spent a lifetime in this survival mode 
of how am I going to get what I need to get in order to survive here and how am I going to be able to stand how I feel and how am I going to be able to stand to be around you and how am I going to be able to stand to do this job and how am I going to be able to stand, me, me, my, mine, I've got to get, I've got to get, i got to have and I can't get enough. And now, through this whole process of going from self-centered to other-centered, my life is going to take on new meaning. It's going to take on new meaning because there's been a transformation for one and the other one is, is now, Melanie, you're going to do different work to keep that. Or you can go right back in that selfish and self-centeredness. I mean, right on. Or you're going to lose whatever you have. And not, a, not in a bad, scary way. It may be a scary way, but it is a caution for me. My life will take on new meaning. I have a different meaning in my life today. It's not to watch out for Melanie's back. It's now to practice all of these things that I have um, been taught to be in that place that keeps me in maximum um, service to others, to keep my mind rightly aligned. Because I had gotten back into only self, my mind was confused and aching and miserable and tormented. So the practice of this is to find someone to give this away to, someone that is suffering to give this away to. To watch, as we hear in these rooms, by a favorite person of mine to watch those tombstones fall from their eyes. I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss what, it, what it's like to go from that point of agitation in my day to pick up that phone to call a newcomer and watch that wash away from me and then immediately feel and sense the hope of somebody else rising up in that place in that moment. I don't want to miss that. Frequent contact. Frequent contact with newcomers. I um, what that says to me is that um, I want to make sure that those that I am spending time with, which is wonderful, those that have gone on before me can teach me, those that, I'm, that have the same thing and, and kind of the same place that I'm at, I'm, that's wonderful. But I don't get too comfortable with that at all. The focus is the newcomer and giving him a chance to have, have life, the same thing that's been given to me. Um, there was a... Uh, an occasion a few years back when I was calling somebody to kind of to kind of run past an idea that I was working with, with with a new sponsee, and this person said to me, "You know, I haven't had a new sponsee for years. I don't know what it's like anymore, and I can't really even answer your question." And the more that I am in this room right here, the more profound that statement is to me, and how this particular paragraph really, really then jumps out at me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melanie. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Arlene? Please go ahead. Did Arlene? you say Arlene? Go ahead. Yes. Yes, okay, please. thanks, Leah. This is Arlene, a food addict. Oh, wow, this paragraph is very powerful to me. Uh, life definitely takes on new meaning when you uh, put down your substance. Uh, on page one in Bill's story, he says, I was very lonely and again turned to alcohol. The isolation of this disease is brutal. Uh, It just keeps you stuck in the bags and the boxes. It did for me for 18 years until I got willing to surrender. But life definitely has changed for me. Um, You know, I, I have watched loneliness vanish poor self-esteem, anger, depression. Um, They're not all healed completely, but if I work those steps, 
I'll get answers to my problems. And that's what I never had until I came into the 12-step program. And giving it away is so essential to your recovery. You can't just get abstinent and do nothing. You've got to give it away to other people. At least that's what I found. And this evening, I'm giving it away. I'm qualifying at a meeting. I'm standing up. I'm, I'm, I'm sharing my experience, strength, and hope with others that life can get better, that you can lose your weight, um, that, that uh, relationships will improve, um, that life is not all about what the next bite is, which is what I always thought it was all about. You know, what I could stuff into my brain, what I could stuff into my body, it's not all about that. It's about the relationships and and loving yourself. So thank you very much for letting me share, Leah, and I will pass. Thank you, Eileen. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. I'll offer a comment. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. It says life will take on new meaning. Um, Well, I can tell you that uh, the first 11 steps brought an amazing change into my life. You know, obviously, uh, steps four through nine allowed for a transformation in my life um, from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. You know, it brought about a spiritual awakening. But when I look back uh, on the 26 years of working with other people, that I've been privileged uh, to work with other people, I know I've grown far more from carrying this message than I grew from, those, uh, from implementing those steps. Uh, the more I give what I have been given, the more I'm blessed by God continuing to grow in my life. So, so yes, obviously, um, the steps allowed me to get to this point and allowed for tremendous transformation. But in the privilege and the, and the um, act of self-preservation and the duty and the obligation and the responsibility and the love of working with other people, um, I have grown far more. I have grown far more. It says to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish. Um, To watch people recover, you know, this goes far, far more than the elimination of certain substances. Um, You know, I have been uh, able to witness um, people's lives being uh, reborn, people being transformed, and Of course, you know, we know just because we get abstinent and recovered in Overeaters Anonymous, life doesn't stop happening. Life still goes on. Uh, People die. Relationships end. Uh, People get diagnosed with serious illness. Uh, There's loss of of loved ones. There's dealing with elderly parents. Um, 
you know, unemployment, uh, businesses fail, <laughs> but life still gets on. I get to witness people continue to trudge and cheerfully uh, capitalize on these uh, challenges as an opportunity to demonstrate God's greatness and God's power in their life. So, yes, to watch people recover and to see them help others, you know, despite the fact that people have challenges because life is difficult. <laughs> That's just a reality. Um, but people uh, coming out of themselves and, and helping others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends, this is an experience you must not miss. I mean, I get wound up because I love this program. I get charged up sometimes, not because I get excited to talk, not because I get excited about me. I get excited about us. I get excited about the hope and possibility that this program creates. This is not a story about me or my personal success or my desire for personal recognition. This is the story about God's grace touching each one of us individually and allowing and creating a community of strength, hope, and possibility. You know, this is not about individual personal success. This is about what happens when we uh, are forced to <laughs> and humbled by a disease uh, and allow the grace of God to come in and make something of that human failure. And that's what the transformation is all about. You know, uh, God uses recovered people. I, I am merely his agent. I am necessary but not sufficient in any change that a person makes. But those of us who are recovered, and we are in the chapter working with others, those of us that are recovered can be a catalyst, can be an opportunity to carry a message of what is possible you know, each of us like a piece of a mosaic that when put together, create a beautiful picture of hope. A picture of hope. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? What page are y'all on, please? Good morning. We're on page 89, the second Thank paragraph. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Sure. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Okay, Margaret, take, Margaret, go ahead. Uh, good morning, Leah. Good morning, uh, Vision, for you. Uh, you know, just everything that was husband just said is just so true because, as I said yesterday, I was, you know, I would say I didn't want to be part of this because I couldn't find that recovery. And now that I have, it is just a joy, absolutely a joy, working with others and seeing them, seeing, you know, like the tombstones come out of their eyes, seeing the light, but hearing the light. You know, where I'm working with somebody now in another state and just hearing her light, see, hearing the transformation. It, it is something not to be missed. And I am just so grateful that God kept me here long enough to get to a meeting where I could really see what this what these steps could do for us and as a group, like like was just said, we do this together. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. Let's move on to the next paragraph, please, with Sally. Yes, good morning, Leah. Good morning, A Vision for You. It's Sally, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in South Jersey. Perhaps you are not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. 
You can easily find some by asking a few doctors, ministers, priests, or hospitals. They will be only too glad to assist you. Don't start out as an evangelist or reformer. Unfortunately, a lot of prejudice exists. You will be handicapped if you arouse it. Ministers and doctors are competent, and you can learn much from them if you wish, but it happens that because of your own drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. So cooperate, never criticize. To be helpful is our only aim. And uh, what um, speaks to my heart on this paragraph to begin with, don't start out as an evangelist or a reformer. This chapter, we're going to be basically given some education on how to work with others, thus the title, Working with Others. And so uh, page 95, which is where we're heading, um, sort of expounds on this particular paragraph where it says, don't start out as an evangelist or reformer. Uh, The top paragraph along the middle of the paragraph of page 95, it says, never talk down to an alcoholic from any moral or spiritual hilltop Simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. Show him how they worked with you. Offer him friendship and fellowship. Tell him that if he wants to get well, you will do anything to help. And so this paragraph, uh, page 89, continues on to tell us, unfortunately, a lot of prejudice or prejudgment, as the word uh, means, exists. You will be handicapped if you arouse prejudgment. Ministers and doctors are competent, and you can learn much from them if you wish. But it happens that because of your own drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. And this this brings to mind the very, very end of page 29 also speaks to this, where it says, It is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. So we're being told here, the the word evangelist, um, the big book dictionary tells us, is passionately preaching. And the word reformer is corrects an error or removes a defect. So we're told don't start out as an evangelist passionately preaching or a reformer correcting an error or removing a defect, but we're told later in the paragraph that because of our own drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics, and we're told to share our experience, our strength, our hope. So cooperate. Never criticize. To be helpful is our only aim. I get a lot of phone calls from newcomers. And when I speak with them, I do try to share my experience, my strength, and my hope. And I constantly have to remind myself that I'm talking with people who are still in a place of fear. Um, They're sick. As I was not that long ago, I was sick. And I was scared, and I was uh, lonely and living in the disease. And so I would just end by saying that keeping in mind that uh, 
page 18, where it likens our disease to cancer. That's the seriousness of our malady that we're likening, that it's likened to cancer. That when people call, never criticize. That uh, page 95 at that page says so much about this criticism and not to criticize. Um, there's just a lot of information in this, in this chapter that has been so helpful to me about how to respond to, um, to approach the newcomer, to approach the man who is still sick and in his cups, and um, most importantly, to be helpful is our only aim. What a fabulous ending to this particular paragraph. It just says so much here. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Monica. Monica, please go ahead. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. This is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater here. So here we are in Chapter 7, working with, our, with others. And, and um, this paragraph, I'm being given instructions again. The big book's so good about giving us nice, clear instructions of, of how to be a sponsor, of things to think about when I'm going to, to sponsor others. And it says, you know, perhaps you're not acquainted with any, any drinkers. You know, you can easily find some. And the same is for us too, you know. If you're if you're recovered out there and you're not sponsoring anybody, at the end of the second hour, there's all kinds of people asking for sponsors, you know. It says here you can easily find some, you know. What what's I as the sponsor can go out and find sponsees. I don't have to wait for them to come to me. And then it goes on, don't start out as an evangelist or reformer. Here's some more instructions, you know. And like was told to Bill, you know, he was trying to get all these drunks off the off the bar stools and, you know, it's God, 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 and, and he didn't get anybody sober, you know. It worked he kept himself sober. And it was he when he was told, Well, why don't you just tell your story? How this affected you, you know? Start with the doctor's opinion. Start with Dr. Silkworth's information and what it was like. And whenever I do that, then the other person listening can identify with what I am sharing. They can identify with my pain, my experiences, my desperation, my hopelessness. And that's how we can dangle a nice little carrot out there. Oops. <laughs> um, you, it happens because of your own drinking experience. You can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. Again, the same thing here. My experience, sharing my pain and everything else that I suffered before working through these steps, I can share that with another suffering compulsive overeater, and hopefully they will identify. So cooperate, never criticize. To be helpful is our only aim. And if we have gone through the 12 steps and we have been given a spiritual awakening, we must carry the message to other alcoholics. If we want to stay abstinent, sober in our thinking, we must do this. We must. And you know what? Like Dr. Bob says, it's a pleasure. I'm I want to do this. I'm excited about doing this. I'm not doing it because I must. Well, that's good. But I really am doing it because it's exciting to help other people. 
And I learn so much more. Every time I read this big book with a new sponsee, there's something else God reveals to me. And I pass with that. Thank you, Monica. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. Well, I'll offer a comment here. Uh, It says, ministers and doctors are competent, and you can learn much from them if you wish. But it happens that because of your own drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. Uh, That reminds me of page 18. Page 18, kind of in the middle of the page there. It says, highly competent psychiatrists who have dealt with us have found it sometimes impossible to persuade an alcoholic to discuss his situation without reserve. Strangely enough, wives, parents, and intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than do the psychiatrist and the doctor. But, and I'm beginning with the italics here, but the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. So they're making it clear here that there is a specific group of people who can touch a very specific and unique group of people. Um, You know, why should recovered compulsive overeaters take this message to other compulsive overeaters? Well, we're an expert on this disease that we've recovered from. Uh, nobody really knows what it's like to be a compulsive overeater except a compulsive overeater. Now, ministers and doctors, um, they certainly have a wonderful function in our lives, but it's a different function than those that are recovered. Nobody knows more about recovery from compulsive overeating than a recovered compulsive overeater. A recovered compulsive overeater has a stronger message of hope to take to other compulsive overeaters than anyone else. Um, You know, that is just a fact, just like I read. You know, a recovering person can bring hope, can bring light, um, can, um, you know, shine the light of experience on the path that they have walked so that the new person they're guiding can walk that same path and have their own experience, have their own unique spiritual experience. That's the dignity of the spiritual process, that uh, those of us that are recovered are, are merely like lanterns that shine a light. We are not the light, (laughs) but we shine a light of our own personal experience on that path so that a new person, someone who is suffering, can now implement these steps and have their own personal spiritual experience. 
God has equipped recovered people with very, very unique knowledge. And now that we have had that spiritual awakening, we are charged with a responsibility. And that responsibility is to carry this message. And it is a very, very specific message. And if anything can illustrate that, it is this particular meeting, A Vision for You, where we come from all nooks and crannies of this globe, from all perhaps the splinter groups that Overeaters Anonymous has to offer. And we stand in harmony on this program of recovery, on these very, very steps, on this very specific message, on these clear-cut directions. We are not the message, but we carry a message. We carry a message of us. We have had a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. You know, and if we have not, those of us that have recovered, if we have not touched our lives in any way, perhaps we've failed. I don't have any interest in power or personal recognition, but I have enormous interest in having influence. Not power hungry in the least, but we are able to touch lives. Who taught me that? These pages taught me that. The big book states that, that we have recovered and have been given the power to help others. Quite a responsibility. Quite a statement. With that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? This is Sharon. Sharon, and I believe I heard someone else. Sherry. And Sherry. Go ahead, Sharon and then Sherry. Thank you. Leah, this is Sharon, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. It says here, perhaps you're not acquainted with any drunks who want to recover. When I read that, what that says is that, okay, we're going to take, he's going to deal with the obstacles that we may present as reasons for not working with others. But it's not an option working with others. It's not an option. Page 14 says that particularly was it imperative to work with others as he had worked with me. This was one of the very first things that Evie taught Bill is that you must work with others. Faith without works was dead, he said. So we can believe in recovery all we want. We can Uh, know about the steps, we can know all this stuff in the books, but without working with others, that all of that knowledge is, there's nothing. And it says, faith without works was dead and how appallingly true for alcoholics, for if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. So we're taught that working with others is is a is part of our spiritual growth. It's not an option. It's not something you wait to do until you are ready. It's not something you wait to do until you feel like you have all that you need to give because it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's part of our It's a spiritual act that we do. We are the tools. We are the vessels. We are the channels to aid other people. We are not the aid. 
we are the channel, we are the helpers, helping the uh, the their that person's higher power, working at at uh, the behest of our higher power. So we don't need to be particularly positioned. We just have to be willing to share, like Leah was saying, share our story, share what has happened to us, that we were sick and broken. And now we, by working these steps, we have made a beginning for some of us. You don't have to wait until you're at a certain step somewhere down the line, having gone through step four to start sharing the message. The recovery is the recovery. You can share that it's working for you, and you've seen it work for others, and it'll work for them. We begin right away. You've got one day. You've got more than the next person. You've got something to share. And so we don't wait to give away what we've gotten. We start. We don't. That doesn't mean we're helping someone that is ahead of us. But we're reaching out that hand to someone who's coming behind us right away. Not an option. Not an option. Not until I get ready. But we begin to help others. We look at Bill. He was six months recovered when he helped Bob. He didn't wait. He began helping, reaching out right away to the next. If you're beginning picking up the phone, you hear someone who's just starting, calling that person and welcoming them into the program, telling them of your experience, listening to theirs. This is how we recover. This is how we begin to build. This is how we build the community. We don't wait and get recovered and then start building. We build the recovery, linking in with those around us as we go. And unfortunately, some will drop off. We link in with the next one, and we're constantly reaching, pulling up the next person, staying close to those that are fresh and new in the program so that we continue to grow and build. And that's how we stay recovered. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Sherry, go ahead. Thank you, Leah. This is Sherry Kay in Georgia, a compulsive overeater. Um, uh, I'd like to share what uh, what Paula was talking about, um, and that is uh, making phone calls. Um, you know, I felt like um, after I'd gotten in a vision for you for a while, I, you know, I kept hanging back, uh, being on the outside and the program being and a vision for you being on the inside. And I didn't feel a part of only because of my own fear um, and uncertainty about just, you know, making myself, letting myself be vulnerable to reach out to other people. So my fear kept me back until someone suggested that I make um, outreach calls. And it was amazing how that affected me and also the people that I would call, the members that I would call, and they were so grateful. You know, I I had everyone to be, uh, there wasn't anybody that was like, what are you doing calling, blah, blah, blah. You know, and that's what I was afraid of, you know. And so um, they were very grateful, and and it it actually did, did wonders for me. Now, I will say that at times, and one of them is right now, 
that I allow life to get in the way and then I'm reminded through the reading and through a vision for you that I can't allow life to get in the way. If it does, I need to become aware of that and get right back to it. And I'm just real grateful for for this meeting this morning. Um, and, And I wanted to say also to newcomers, if you're fearful and, um, you know, just afraid of jumping in there, you know, just start real slow, you know, and you'll be amazed at how how it, it, it makes you feel so much better. Um, it made me get out of myself and, um, you know, and talk and think of others and, and not be me, me, me. And, you know, I have been me, me, me all of my life, and so this was a huge. Uh, uh, it was. I just want to say the rewards are just are just astounding, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hi, Lauren. This is Sharon. Lauren, and then Sharon. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Hi, my name is Lauren. S from Pittsburgh, and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. And I want to speak on an ode to key recovered women who've been helping me through the process. And I have a few amends left, so I'm not recovered, but I can just speak at just how grateful I am of them. And um, I gave up one of my really major amends the other day. And I wrote a journal entry afterwards. And just a few lines from it. um, I never want to forget this feeling. Um, I talked to Blank about helping others. Um, Lord, we are helping those who once died just like me. Just a year ago, I was trapped in my hell prison, eating, crying, and worshiping the Internet full of fear, resentment, dishonesty, for every aspect of the human world. And now a year later, warm in the solution, full of love from friends and able to be of help to my brethren. I have a purpose. I am healing and I am loved, Lord. Um, And then finally, um, they both called me and left just amazing voicemails. Um, And I wrote, you know, Kay called me today telling me that she was full of so much love for me. She loves me. Um, C called me to bask in celebration. You did it. You were doing the right thing. The steps in your life will bring progress with God that I'm excited to see. I love you. And then I wrote, these women, I love them so much, Lord. They are kin to your word. And these women, Lord, are helping me survive by your grasp, oh, Lord. So, you know, just what was said earlier, even though, you know, I don't consider myself fully recovered from this hopeless condition, Maybe I'm at, you know, 99 degrees Fahrenheit if, you know, 98.6 was recovered or something, and I used to be 106 degrees, but um, I just want to, but this this writing I just did shortly after just kind of summed up how my life has changed and what what all of you who are recovered mean to me. Uh, So thanks, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren. Sharon, go ahead. Uh, this is Sharon. Thank you, Leah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello? 
Okay, thank you. Thank you. I never know for sure. Um, good morning and thank you to everyone out on the line. And um, I just wanted to <clears throat> pick up on this uh, statement at the bottom where it says, if you wish, uh, because of your own drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. So cooperate, never criticize. To be helpful is our only aim. And I began listening to this program a year ago last July 2012, and I was, um, I was really broken. I was very devastated. I had been in OA for many, many years and was unable, unwilling, whatever, to, to get abstinent and stay stopped. That was, that was my problem. And it wasn't until I began listening to this line, and I remember in the beginning, I was afraid to reach out and give my number. I was afraid and I wouldn't hear from anyone. Um, I was amazed at the response I received. And I also felt like such a failure because I had been in this program for so many years and uh, it just seemed like I thought it eluded me uh, even though I had had the gift and the grace of recovery in another program. So I just uh, <clears throat> want to reach out to all of you on the line um, who maybe are feeling that same way I did. And um, there is a solution. I believe that with all my heart today. And it is in the process of taking these steps. And what I see a year later now going into my second year is that I never was able or willing to totally take that first step and totally admit to the core of my being that there were certain substances that were just as lethal for me as alcohol. But today, I am going through the process of the steps, so I just encourage everyone on the line to know that there is a solution, and it is available to all of us, and there is a God who has the power and the grace to do that for you. And I am so grateful to all the people that helped me, called me, and have encouraged me along the way here. And I'm now in step nine, so it does work. Uh, I survived going through these steps once again, and I've learned so much about myself and about the God who loves me and loves all of us. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Hiya. Hiya, go ahead. Hi, just a quick Good morning. This is Bella. Can I share? Excuse me, Bella. Hiya, and then you'll have an opportunity. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Okay, everybody, this is Chaya, Covered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic. Just want to uh, pick up on the very first sentence of this um, paragraph. We, I don't want to miss it. Perhaps you are not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. Um, there's plenty of people out there who perhaps need to recover. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, <laughs> but it's telling me here, that I need, that I'm going to be working with people who want, who want to recover, who want to get in the lifeboat and row, and um, as opposed to um, trying to work on people <laughs> because I think they they need it. So it's uh, that that's a, a really um, I think important to me an important sentence. Um, that we need to. And the other thing I want to say is that, you know, it's said in the very beginning of this chapter that, um, you know, nothing is going to, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity 
from drinking or eating. For us, as intensive work with other alcoholics, it works when other alcohol activities fail. Um, so it's just like we've discussed um, over the last several months, the, the warnings that the book gives us at particular intervals of our recovery. Um, if we don't do step five, we'll probably go eat again. If we don't do step nine, we'll probably go eat again. Well, if we don't do this step of taking others through the steps, that um, we will probably find ourselves uh, back in the quicksand. So um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Bella, please, on what was read. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, Leah, for leading this meeting, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. Um, wow, I really like this paragraph. And it, it, it gave me a very interesting way of thinking. Um, it says uh, the last sentence, um, to be helpful is our only aim. It's very interesting that uh, before I came to the program, I knew that it's all about me and I. I and me and me and I. Then by a miracle, and thank you, God, I came into the program, I learned that it's nothing about me and I. It's all about we. We are a group. We are here together. And I got my recovery by being a part of a we, of a group. And I got the tools how to learn how to be a group and not to be centered only of myself. And part of my recovery is to give to others, to be there, to listen to the newcomers, to share my experience, strength, and hope. And by helping others and by going out of my shell and by giving myself to others and by not being selfish and helping others, I again I come to myself because by by sharing my experience, strength, and hope, I am building myself, and I am getting my strength to be. And again, and it's, it it goes again to be able by by me being strength, I can help others. And it's again bottom line. It's nothing about me. We are all here to be service to God because we are all unique in our own way. And we all are here to, we are part of a puzzle. And we are here because this is the will of God. And we have to do the service to God to make a better life. And by this that I am sharing my experience, strength, and hope, I am building myself, but not as a selfish person, but as a part of a whole, whole community, whole big family. Thank you very much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella, and thank you to everyone this morning who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Michelle, will you please read a vision for you? Yes, this is Michelle H., Covered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. 
The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.